Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polias! It's an absolute peach! Yes, driving! What a hit from Belinda Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick. Meet him up, 1-0! And we're back. We took a little bit off. Welcome back to Radio Dub on FNR. And as always, I'm here, Pekua Frimpong, and I'm joined again... You know, he's done some replacement gigs, but he's full He's full time now. The permanent, the, the loan with option to uh, buy has been, the, the option to buy has been executed. It has been which executed. Is nice. And Lockie, you know what? It's going to be a quick show today, but I feel like that's good. You know, we get through the key points and we, we have a good time doing it as we always do. Oh, well, we are short, sharp, and to the point. We have got four NPLW Victoria games to get through. Yeah. Uh, going to try and do it rapid fire, half Absolutely. an hour. It's going to be hard, though, because we do have, you know, a changing hands at the end of round 16 uh, in the NPLW, Victoria. A change of hands at the top. Heidelberg regaining their spot at the top of the table. But, Pakua, this is your show. You're the person who gets the photos with with Sam Kerr at the fancy Nike (laughs) events. Really, I should be be bowing down to you. I can't lie that. It was fun. We saw some good NPL. You're in the driver's seat. Where do you want to start? Because there was a lot to unpack from this weekend. You know what? I think we should start with the most surprising result of the weekend okay. because I think when we're walking into this weekend, I was looking at the Calder FV uh, emerging fixture and I thought Calder probably going to um, you know come out on top and it might be difficult. You know, FV emerging, it's you know they have strong side and they they have really good moments, but FV emerging, courtesy of a Sarah Kane beautiful goal, finished one nil victors. Lockie, what were your thoughts on the game? Well, stunned to be perfectly honest with you, Bakua, absolutely stunned because. Earlier this year, I commentated the previous game these two sides had played against each other. And let me take you into a bit of a a lead-up into this fixture over the weekend that was FV emerging one, Calder United nil. Um, Last time these two sides met, it was a 5-0 win. Down at Knox, yep. in favour of in favour of. I believe Calder. I was there. Actually, you were there. You were there with me, you, of course, yes. of course. I'm just so used to being yeah. there, down by no, myself no, no, and Calder. I, I forgot you were there too. We were both there. It was a five nil win for Calder. It was about as comprehensive a yeah. win as you could ever hope to see. I mean, Effie emerging maybe managed one or two yeah. shots on target, and uh, the Taranto sisters uh, absolutely, absolutely ran riot. They had not sixteen meetings. Coming into this weekend, 16 meetings in the NPLW Victoria, Calder United had not lost a single one. In fact, not only had they not lost a single one, they had won all 15. All 15. And they hadn't conceded in their last four games against Calder, hadn't conceded a a single goal. But in the first half, the opening was at... 15 minutes of the game. I believe so. Oh, no, sorry. She scored in the 19th minute. 19 minutes. So the opening 20 minutes of the game. Sarah Kane, the but, captain of FE Emerging, had other ideas. But what a beautiful goal because she it took was. that so crisply, went past the far, like kind of curled into the the far right hand post, and she was her celebration was almost as if she was like, "We've been stunned." stunned. She was so yeah. stunned. It was such a like just a like she was frozen, and it was almost like FE were like, "Oh, mm. we're so used to Calder beating us. We don't know if we should celebrate too." Yeah, too it's heavily. like okay, we've got the go ahead, but like this is just the you know this is this is yeah, the is one a, of the five one. It's a temporary one, like to... you know temporary like plot twist, and then we get back to the main course. But, yeah, well, you know I... the other funny thing about that goal as well is since the last time these two sides met, which during that period, 
Calder has had to go through and play all yeah. six of the other sides in the competition. They've only conceded one goal oh. in that stretch. They'd conceded three the first time they met FV Emerging. Then between that meeting and the repeat, the, sec- uh, the, the third game against FV, um, one goal conceded. It's then now inc- number five Col- for the yeah, year. Calder, it's like, ridiculous. It's ridiculous that like Calder have this defensive record and they are they are set up incredibly and they are absolutely a fantastic team. And I I want to put this down as just a little blip, you know, a little, little blip that it happens because Calder have been flying and absolutely killing this league. And it's it is surprising when you look at the table and they're only second, but they do have a game in hand and they're only a point behind. So I it looks like. Once the season all shakes out, they will probably finish uh, first on the t- on the table. But I think we should all be, you know, we'll take a moment to celebrate FV emerging because I think this is a big win for them. They've been caught in that middle pack and it's we've been like kind of seeing like we haven't really got like a clear team who are like better. But they, all these teams are capable of beating each other and FV have beaten the, mm. the big dogs in the competition. And it is, it is worth mentioning as well that not only was it potentially, as you said, a, a bump, in the road, perhaps, but Calder certainly created enough they chances did. to merit making this uh, a, a winnable a winnable game for them. There were some, you know, dangerous crosses in. Um, Miranda Templeman, actually, yeah. uh, the goalkeeper for FE Emerging, who's only started, I think, the last five or so games, uh, has uh, and that has been a bit of a rotating, yeah, rotating. door. That yeah, absolutely uh, that position, the the FE Emerging goal, we've seen uh, Charlotte Horrison. We've seen Emily Olsen, but now the last few weeks we've seen Miranda Templeman come in, and she made some really, really good saves. Yeah. Uh, Quite really, early in the really game, I believe, that, that, that one where she just like it. Like, yeah, yeah, with with the with the, with the, the, the big yeah. paw to save the uh, save the shot from distance. There was obviously that strike from Milan Churn that came off the sort of apex of goal in the second half. So yeah, a blip for Calder. Yeah. Nothing that'll really stress them yeah. too much. I mean, yes, they dropped down to second, but they've got that game in hand against Bulleen. You'd expect them to win, and as much as I'm all for competition at the top, you can't really argue that the yeah, team no. who scored the most goals in the competition, 39, conceded the least just five. There's no way that's – like, I'm sorry, but there's no way that isn't the best oh, team in the competition. They are so they com- are they if, are still you know, if you were to pick a team, you had to, you would need them to play for you and they had, you had to win to win whatever, you you know, nine out of ten times you'd pick Calder because they've been electric and they are clinical and they defend like their life depends on it and they're an amazing team. Yeah, I think they'll be happy to. Look, it, 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 that would have meant a lot for FE emerging. I think if Mark took us, if you asked him at the end of the day, uh, he'd probably be happy to, to wear that one, all I things thought, considered. Well, you know, we, did, we did speak to Mark and Mark is a winner. Mark does like to win. He Maybe. is. You know, Would you say the ultimate win is playing A-League women's or coaching A-League that's women's true, next season? Mark is living on a high and you know what, but cherry on top would be to win the league and you know what, it is a blip and we'll exactly. see how they go. And well, the, the upshot of that game was of course that that allowed Heidelberg United to uh, return to the summit of the MPLW Victoria, albeit as you mentioned before with Calder holding yeah. that game in hand against Boleyn, but this was also uh, a cracking game it certainly against was. Alamein. It certainly was lucky and it, it Heidelberg were, were quite dominant in the first, like the early uh, first twenty minutes, and all of a sudden Alamein then had scored, and it, it was just quite strange because it didn't look like Heidelberg were going to have it all their way, and Alamein certainly didn't allow them to because they had some extra excellent play, and they went up, and then you know Daniel Wise just said, you know what, guys, I am leading this league, I am scoring for fun, I'm going to bring it to going to bring it to le- bring it level, mm. and then Grace Jarley, who I thought was um, Heidelberg's best player of the game 
just absolutely those two just killed the game. Yeah, well, I'm glad I'm glad you brought Grace Jale up because I, I I too I mean obviously anytime someone gets two goals and an assist in a three goal game, you're always going to to say you know what a player, what a performance. But yeah, she was absolutely oh, sorry. Out- I just want to correct myself. Grace Jale scored the first goal, not Daniel Why She scored yes. that second goal. But it, it it was a masterful performance, really. I mean, the header at the back post. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing, but, you know, someone of her stature is always going to be odds-on to sort of fancy right. themselves from those set-piece opportunities. But the, the pass across for, you know, sort of cutting across the Alamein defence to get it over to Wise, uh, then, you know, she did most of the work and, and you know, took the finish well. But the, the second one as well where she broke through uh, Grace Charlie, the second goal that she scored, the third of the match, where she just broke through and just slotted that ball into the bottom right corner. Really composed, really impressive. It all, it almost looked look easy for her. Absolutely. And and the other the other reason I wanted to to mention up just mention her sorry as a quick aside to this game uh, earlier in the previous week we saw that she was part of a trio of signings for Canberra yes. United as well uh, along with Rebecca Burrows from Heidelberg and Grace Taranto Can I just from, say something from really South Melbourne. About that I was a little, I was surprised that she was going to Canberra because Canberra have had it like some like an exodus of a few players and mm. I thought that Grace Charlotte was going to stay with the Phoenix but I think it's actually a really good move because Canberra a more established setup and I think they're looking for a change next season in the A League Women's to get them from that rut that they had last season so I think it's going to be a really good fit actually. Well, what about what about the other two any do you, are you pleased with the I'm the, pleased. the, the I'm transfers I'm, from for Rebecca Burrows and Grace Toronto? Yeah. I'm pleased. I think they deserve that opportunity, and I think they. I think that with the way Canberra were last season, I think they need to be rejuvenated, just with some mm. players who are exciting and like want to go forward, and just like are willing to you know work really really hard. And at times, Canberra last year just looked like they lacked energy. So I'm really excited for those signings. Yeah, I think I think I think Grace Taranto in particular is one that really interests me because I, I know that. I don't, I've probably not had the best run of games there where I've seen a couple of South Melbourne games earlier in the season where I don't think she was at her best. She's kind of had this difficult period where she's cycled through a number of positions this season yeah. for South, playing a bit of time at centre-back, out at full-back as well, and now into defensive midfield. And I don't think she was great at the start of the season in that central defensive role, yeah. but as the season's kicked on, she's really, really improved. I know, I know that Taryn Hedo as well, one of our other NPLW Victoria commentators, has been really impressed yeah. With her, and yeah, particularly in that central defensive midfield spot, I think she's been a really uh, dynamic, like bombastic yeah. uh, presence. But also two ways she can obviously do that role in the defensive end. But we've seen her get forward and, and display the yeah. ability to score as well. Obviously, that's something that she did in the semi final of the Nike FC Cup, and I, I think that is a kind of dynamism whether it's in a defensive midfield slot or in a fullback position potentially at, at right back most likely that I think, you know, they could they could yeah, definitely use that sort of certainly. thing. Certainly. I just want to go back to Grace Charlie really quickly, but no, I please. think something that I've really been impressed with her this season in the MPL, obviously her first season in the MPLW, is that I just like seeing her her passing ability more because I think it sometimes with mm. when she was with Wellington, obviously because they were like the real, like the lowest on the table in terms of capability – um, in that their first season in the A League Women's, you didn't get to see sometimes her ability to go forward and her cre- like her being so super super creative. Mm. I've really enjoyed seeing her at, do that at Heidelberg this year. Yeah, it's an it's an easy trap you you fall into, isn't it, with physically imposing yeah. players that you sort of have this ideal of, you know, they are they are a target. Yeah, but 
often what gets lost in that in that wash and your sort of blinkered analysis of what you expect someone uh, tall and physically imposing to do, uh, you know, obscures or masquerades your ability to notice those sort of um, delicate flicks, that vision, the passing range. And we definitely got to see her display that in this game. I do want to take it one step back, though, because we haven't gotten the chance to mention the actual opening goal of this game, which was a ripper from Sydney Allen, a player who I know you've been really impressed by in Alamein Colours. But talk about... Scoring against your former side, I could not think of a better way oh, yeah. to do it than that nice little half-volleyed effort on the edge of the box from Sydney Allen. And, and no celebration as well. Very ball Honestly, move. and I, that's what something I really like about Sydney Allen. She's just calm and, like, she can sometimes be, like, really chaotic on the field when you see her because mm. she's just everywhere. But she, like, when she gets her opportunity, she knows how to shine and she knows how to take them. And, you know, maybe she might make some mistakes here and there, but I like her work rate and that goal – was like evident of like her her growing confidence throughout the season because she has got better as the season's gone on, and I and I, that goal was like, honestly that that's one of those like real like just we saw it other like some other really great goals this week but yeah that was one of my favorites pretty filthy pretty pretty filthy I just think she's so cool like mm. with the the, the I, I don't actually know the reason of the the is it a head band I'm not quite sure but. I think it's head more more headgear. Head gear, I, I think, think it's cool. Be... I think it like adds to the swag. I personally, not that I want to bring about two thousand and ten words in the word with word swag, but I think it applies to Sydney Allen. Yes. Well, look at, at the end of the day. Um, look, I, I still think Alamein they got that consolation goal towards the end. Well, they got the goal to make it interesting exactly. through Betty Michael with the you know with about four minutes of regulation left to go. I still think we've seen enough evidence, even though it is tight. And this does make it a little bit tighter, obviously. FE emerging on 20 points in fifth with a game in hand. South Melbourne on 18. Box Hill in 16th, uh, on, in seventh, sorry, with 16 points and a game in hand. I still think we've seen enough evidence from Alamein this season that they are yeah. best of the rest yes. outside of that top three they're certainly the most. They're certainly the most consistent. Like week in, week out, you you are kind of more familiar with what you're going to get from them. Whereas when you look at a side like Box Hill, who's really suffered, like got a great midfield duo and like, you know, has sometimes sometimes show some real class, mm. but they don't have the consistency and that's why they're in seventh. And then South Melbourne didn't have a great start of the year and are kind yeah. of picking up now. And uh, We've seen – it's interesting with Alamein because we've seen them have with Bulleen, for example – some really tight games. Obviously, the margin has increased with each time they've met each other, be it in the league or in the cup. They've had some tight games with Calder too, and now with Heidelberg. Do, do, are they a chance if they do hold out and keep so. that top four spot of potentially springing an upset in a final series? Yeah, I, I think so. Because I think when I've watched Alamein this year, it's, it's sometimes they can't put in a full 90 minutes. Mm. And they have these like 10, 15-minute lapses where they aren't concentrating. That's when they yeah. concede re- like heavily. There are definitely pe- – like there's definitely pieces there. I think actually a good example of what you're saying is um is, is near Samatopoulos. Yeah. I think uh, there's a player there who we know has a really high ceiling, uh, uh, in my view a pretty, you know, substantial ability in terms of passing range, the way she sees the game. But do we get that consistently enough yeah. over the course of a 90 minutes perhaps – not as much as I would like, but I do think there is a ceiling there in that player that's very high, and perhaps she is sort of a, um, you know, an allegory for this Alamein team you. as a whole. A uh, quick correction as well: uh, games in hand. I did get them slightly mixed up. Boleen are playing against Effie Emerging, and Box Hills game in hand is against Calder. 
So that that maybe 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 flips the script just uh, just slightly. But yes, Alamein certainly looking as though you know while they haven't got any of you know significant results against those those big sides that they will be um, a chance potentially a chance depending on how they finish the season of maybe causing an upset in the final series. Yeah, and you know what? Let's you know what we've we've done some of these really tight games. Let's go to get. Shall we head to the blowout? Let's head to the blowout. FC Bulleens versus Box Hill on Sunday. Sunday late. Sunday night, yes. Very late game. Um, Coming out 5-0 victors. And you know what? Leah Privatelli continuing to have a, like, live on a vibe, a pure vibe, some top-class goals. Me and you, like, disagreed on which goal we thought was her best one of the afternoon. But I guess it just shows how incredible she was that she, she was just doing goals for fun, really. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I thought the fifth one. She sort of scored two chips in yeah. in a way, didn't she? But this because the the fifth one, she had a little bit more pressure to her. When this, mm. I, I just really like the the calmness of the fourth one. Look at this, the, the calmness of chips. What are we doing, Lucky? How clack? She's too good. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I was to use the sort of uh, Italian phrase, given it is Leah Privatelli and it is FC Bulling Lines and Italian club, it was a bit of a, a fuori classe from, from her. She I'm was. I'm going to need to get my Italian dictionary out because I'm not quite sure. That I way. think it's like, we won't call it I don't Dubano. know the exact translation, but I think it's it's masterclass uh, adjacent yeah, pretty yeah. much. Did you take Italian? No, God, no. I only <laughs> know the one word. That was it. You <laughs> just works. heard it. I like it. I like it. I like it. But yeah, but a, she, a dominant performance from Bulling. Absolutely Bulleen. a dominant um, performance and... Bulleen, I think they've got better. I, I can't remember, like, I'm not, my brain is not allowing me to remember all their last few results. But as the season's gone on, I think they've lost a few players here and there. And with Stoddy heading back to uh, Ryden Holes of yes. Albion, which is really fantastic news. Last and, night, yeah. yeah, and I think that's really fantastic. And, uh, like, losing a star player like her and not being, like, available as much. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I am interested to see how they go in her absence because there was a period where she was unavailable a few, about a month and a half yeah. ago now where they did sort of it was a lull. struggle. It was hard to sort of fill that position. I know that they were playing Alana Byrne as a centre-back at times alongside Alex Natoli who hasn't always been overwhelmingly convincing this year in that centre-back slot, but I'll be keeping an eye on that. But going forward, look, yes, as you said, the sort of in and out period that we've seen with some of the um, the, the young Matildas who have been selected for, for different training camps like Paige Lewis and Alana Janczewski has hurt them. But by the same token, Alana Janczewski's reintroduction, her return or slow ascent to full fitness, I think has really, really helped uh, help this Bullion side. You know, it really has. And I think for Bullion, something I really enjoyed about them is that they've They've got like really key players in key areas who kind of stand up when the side really, really needs them to stand mm. up at times with the likes of Privatelli, Zoyce and Vlanich who yeah. when, when, like, when the team's kind of struggling, they're, they're there. And I think it lifts them because sometimes I think it's what also allows them to separate from these other teams in that pack, in yes. that same pack where they don't have these like real yeah. standout players. Well, the, the other good thing for... Um the other good thing for Bullion heading into a potential final series is that they would be the only team of that top three or of that top four who's gotten done the double or triple in this case over Alamein because obviously I was a little harsh on Alamein before I said they hadn't gotten any big results but I forgot what they did on the opening day which was that win over Heidelberg they've okay. taken they've taken you know points off uh, off um, you know Calder as well I believe I think no I think they've taken points off yeah they've gotten yeah. good results so, against yeah, those no, against those have. top three sides and I, I think that's Something that's I think any of those those top two teams they are looking at mm. Bulleen and they're a little bit nervous. I don't think that you know you would look at the team, you look at the schedule, and you go, 
oh, this is going to be a really easy game. It's going to be difficult because they play a really difficult brand of football. They can they can come on the counter and they can sit back and defend and hold tight. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see for the rest of the season, which is not – we don't have that long left. Lucky, I can't remember how many games got left. It's like – you, like how many? No, I think there's. I think there's four. Four games. Four remaining. I was going to say three, I but I four. Might be. Might be a little bit more than. Yeah, that. I think but, it's but it's, we're, we're pretty close to the end. We are. We are. We are very, very close. Uh, and hoping that they can close out this season with a with a big run, a tilt towards that top four is South Melbourne. They did what they needed to do against Bayside United, which is continue to win. Although they didn't have it all their own way. Yeah, it was a four-two game. It was an interesting one down at uh, Kingston Heath. What did you make of it, Pakua? I thought that a friend of the show, Francesco Iamano, actually belter that first goal. Um, I thought South Melbourne. I thought South Melbourne have been picking up their form as of late, and I think they're continuing. I think that win in the Nike FC Cup has really lifted their mood and the energy in that club, and they're playing at a better brand of football, which I think a lot of us thought maybe they would would have started the season with, but they didn't particularly start very well. And Bayside, for me. At this point, I'm kind of just tracking their ability to score goals because that's something they really, really struggled to do uh, early in the season. And I'm happy for uh, Budiongo, who's scored two really, really nice goals. And I think that a lot of teams next season might be looking at her going, hey, this could be a potential uh, opportunity. Yeah, well, well, she's... A really interesting one, Julia Budiongo, obviously scoring against a side that she used to play for uh, this time around in South Melbourne, is there a potential? Because she's she's got that kind of feel of a player who is probably too good to go back yeah. down to the the VPL. But whether or not she's quite good enough to fit in at one of those those top top upper echelon teams, I think is still up for up for debate. I mean, what do you think are her sort of strengths and weaknesses as, as a player and? Is there a particular of those sides, well, all of them, <laughs> higher than uh, higher than Bayside in the MPLW Victoria table? Do you think there's a team that would potentially be a best fit for her? I think Box Hill. I think me and you spoke about it before off, off air. And Box Hill, you know, maybe, I don't know, they need, they need somebody up front. I think they've got a really nice midfield combination with uh, Sakalis and name is escaping. Mindy J? Mindy J, yeah. Barbieri, just Bobby for, for those who are who aren't familiar <laughs> with the nickname. Um, but it's, I think that that's somebody that like sub club that you know she could do well in being at. But for her, I think that she's obviously super quick, and I think she's super strong. I think you saw that in the second goal where he had, had a defender coming in and the goalkeeper coming in, but she kind of just, just held, sort of rode the, ro- yeah, the, rode, physical, rode the physical challenge. The physical challenge, yeah. just she's kind of like got it in. I think she can get into space if they're if it's a counter attacking team mm. she's really really good at that and can find space she might not be the greatest passer and i think that's something that is a skill that can be get better at if she's at a better system yeah. that has more resources I, I wonder if that enthusiasm and that sort of steadfast running approach as well might actually be i i want i mean she's she's still she's still a young player i wonder if you could maybe coach that into being a really effective off the ball asset as well in terms so. of like her press work I think maybe a, a competent coach might be able to um, you know re sort of mould and, and shape her no, into someone who I can th- offer just as much off the ball as she does on C- at the moment certainly like I, I agree with that 100% because I think she has the ability for her to be a really dangerous threat where defenders she can draw defenders out and create space for other people and create some overlapping um, plays 
I just think that unfortunately for a side like Bayside, they maybe don't have the resources to provide those sorts of opportunities like some of the bigger clubs do, that I think that she's one of those players that could be really beneficial to like mm. a sides that have more and can, you know, she could be a, a different, like a versatile, like substitution even um, for those teams going yes. forward. Yes, before we move on from this game, got to give a shout out as well to uh, to young Bella Stringfellow who came off the bench and scored a hat-trick in the space what of... A- Four minutes. That's a cool story, though. First goal, like. 52 minutes. Third goal, 56. That is quite ridiculous. That's that's a highlight reel right there. Like, that's when you're the one you're sending out to clubs going, guys, look at this. Yeah. I came on. Look how quickly I get to do my work. Amazing. Well, the uh, the long and short of all of those games across the weekend is that Heidelberg are back in the top spot on the MPLW Victoria table. A, a quick preview of, uh, of the upcoming round. We'll do our predictions even before we, uh, before we head let's, off the tour. Let's tour. do some predictions. Later. Okay, well, it all kicks off this Friday night, Box Hill United, Coming up against Bayside over at Wembley Park. Uh, I think we're both probably leaning towards a Box Hill United win here. Yeah, we are. We, I, th- I think I, this was my first commentary gig that I did was Box Hill Bayside at uh, Bayside Tower. That was a tight affair. That was a tight actually. affair. So I, but I'm, I'm going to take Box Hill. More that. resounding than, than last time the two sides met? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. We'll go with that. I'll stick with Box Hill United as well. Heidelberg United up against FV emerging fresh from their upset win over Calder, helping out Heidelberg. Are they are they going to you know uh, repay the favour to Calder and be, get an upset this week as well? I'm going to be really boring and go for a draw in this game because I think FV Emerge are going to be on a high, but I think Heidelberg are a better team, so I think it's going to like my balance itself. It w- well, obviously FV Emerging already beat Heidelberg earlier this season out at Knox. It would be remarkable, I think, for be, Lightning yeah. to be able to strike twice. So I will stick with Heidelberg United. South Melbourne coming up against Alamein. It's a good match week we've got. Good match week. It is a good match uh, week. I'm going to go Alamein. Two one or three two. It's okay. a one goal difference. One goal difference. I think I'm going to go a two all draw, but okay. it'll be a very very good game. One worth watching over at Lakeside, four p.m. The kickoff time for that one, and then Monday night at the Veneto Club, a classic <laughs> Victorian football Club? fixture time slot, and it is a fittingly large game to match FC Bullion Lions against Calder United. I'm gonna go There's Calder. no way Calder can lose back-to-back no, games. It's, it's, it's Mark, physically Mark impossible. He's got it written everywhere in the club. We are not allowed to lose two games in a row. So I'm going to go Calder 3-1 victory. Perfect. Anything else to uh, touch on, Pakil, before, no, we, before we head off? Everyone, check out the Euros. It's going really well. Really great game this morning with uh, between Spain and uh, the English. I was jumping up and down. My neighbours, I'm very happy they're on holiday because they would have yelled at me. Well, you can catch the uh, the women's Euros over on Optus Sport. You can catch the upcoming match week of NPLW Victoria on NPL.tv. And if you've, missed, if you've missed any of the show today, you can catch it on the Football Nation Radio podcast platforms. Bakura and I will be back in a fortnight to dissect we were good, the, sure. uh, the NPLW Victoria action, maybe even talk some Matilda's stuff as well. But until next time, uh, we'll, we'll see you. It's, uh, it's goodbye for now. Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Is driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick! Meet him up, one